this morning we begin a new sermon series, uh, these three, on the marks of the Christian life, faith, hope, and love. And today I begin with a message about faith. Uh, we think we know everything there is to know about faith. Uh, we are all faithful people, but sometimes the scriptures will open our eyes to see new things. And today we look at the story of Nicodemus. It's a different kind of sermon because we're doing it in three parts or three acts. And what we find in Nicodemus is that if you want to grow, you have to go. And if we go, we will grow. Holy God, we ask that you open us now to this word that we may grow in our faith in you. Amen. Act 1. Nicodemus visits Jesus. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. The first time we meet Nicodemus, he is going to Jesus under the cover of darkness. So often we read this passage and we say, oh, he is a man of unbelief. He doesn't have faith, but it is actually quite the contrary. Nicodemus has given his whole life to seeking faith in God. He has been raised in a religious tradition. He has done everything he can to follow all the laws. And in fact, he has become a Pharisee, a leader. He's at the top of this religious system. He's like a bishop or a, or a pastor of a megachurch. He's arrived. He is respected as a man of God and a man of great faith. But then... When Jesus passes by, Nicodemus begins to have questions and doubts. His questions and doubts are not about God. He believes in God. His questions and doubts are about the religious system, the faith that has been transmitted to him all these years. You know, all of us, when we come to faith in God and faith in Jesus Christ, we have to be part of a system of faith. We have to be part of a tradition that teaches us what to do and how to live and what to believe. But when we have faith in a human institution, sooner or later, when Jesus passes by, we would begin to have some questions and even doubts about what has been given to us by others. Nicodemus, he goes by night to take those questions directly to Jesus. It's like when we have our own questions and doubts, we are down on our knees in the nighttime, offering them 
to God and asking for answers. You know, the uh, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he, this is the guy that if, you're, um, if there's uh, 30 seconds left in the game and you're down by six points, he's one of the guys that you want to have the ball in his, in his hands. And he was raised in a conservative Christian home by uh, parents who were very faithful but fairly conservative in their beliefs all his life. Aaron Rodgers heard them say that if you don't confess your sins, you're going to hell. That was the message of the church. And he began to ask as a young person, well, what about someone who's in a, a jungle in a very remote place? Or what about someone who doesn't have access to the Bible? He began to ask questions about the faith that he had received. His faith began to grow beyond the structures, the rules that he had been given. Nicodemus's faith journey begins because he goes to Jesus. Jesus passes by, and instead of simply accepting all the things that he's been given and repeating them over and over again, he begins to see this Jesus himself, this message, this word of God is different. And his faith begins to change. Act 2. Nicodemus defends Jesus, sort of. Then the temple police went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why did you not arrest him, Jesus? The police answered, never has anyone spoken like this. Then the Pharisees replied, surely you have not been deceived too, have you? Has anyone of the authorities or of the Pharisees believed in him. But this crowd which does not know the law, they are accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus before and who was one of them, asked, Our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they are doing, does it? The second time we encounter Nicodemus, he's in broad daylight, no longer under cover of darkness. He's with his Pharisee friends and brothers who are trying to get Jesus arrested because his message is one that troubles them. It doesn't support the who they are and their privilege and their power and their status. It's a message that differs from the one that they're teaching. They see him as someone who's upsetting things, as someone who is inciting insurrection among the Jews, and they want him arrested. But the Roman authorities say, hey, we got nothing to charge him with. And then the Pharisees say, is there any one of us who are at the top of this game, any one of us who have status, any one of the authorities, any one of them who has believed in him? Now Nicodemus, rather than saying, well, <clears throat> I do, He's still not willing to come out in public. But what he does 
is he uses the law itself, the law that he has been so well trained in to push back on the Pharisees. He says, you know what? You're using some of the laws against him, but what about this law? Shouldn't he have a hearing? And of course, they're like, well, what are you on his side? You see, Nicodemus' faith has begun to make a real transition here. He's not rejecting the law and the tradition in which he's been raised, but he begins to see that the tradition is his faith tradition is judging and excluding. His faith tradition is picking and choosing among the laws in order to protect their own interests, their own privilege, their own status. But this Jesus, he's offering compassion. He's offering mercy. He's offering love and life and welcome to all And so Nicodemus now uses his faith to push back on the structures of the faith tradition he's inherited in order to begin to speak the word of Jesus Christ in the world. Human institutions, including the church, are of human making. They do the best they can to bring to people the reality of God and faith in God. They do the best they can to help people draw closer to God, but they are never Jesus himself. And the danger of a human institution is that sooner or later we use it to judge, to divide, to condemn, to preserve our own self-interests. You know, The church, well, let's not even start with the church. Our society, the world, from the beginnings of creation, pretty much decided that women shouldn't learn to read and write, that they shouldn't use the gifts that God has given them. And sometimes I wonder, because of that, how many gifts of God to humanity were never realized because of the structures of society and the powerful trying to preserve their own interests. I mean, think about the movie Hidden Figures, how the women who were also African-American, how they made these tremendous contributions to the space program, but it was never made public because women weren't allowed to do those kinds of things. And you know, 50 years ago, I couldn't have been a pastor here. 50 years ago, I couldn't have been a pastor here, but today in many churches across this city, I would not be allowed to be before you preaching the word of God. And yet there is a fire in my soul, and woe be unto me if I do not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's who God has made me. When Jesus shows us where our traditions are judging and excluding, we have to speak the word of God. We have to be on Jesus' side. Nicodemus' faith has moved to a place where he can see now the difference between the tradition and the way, the truth, and the life in Jesus. Act 3. 
Nicodemus carries Jesus' body. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who at first had come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths according to the burial custom of the Jews. And they laid Jesus in the tomb. The last time we encounter Nicodemus, he is tending to the dead body of Jesus. Nicodemus has not entirely left behind his faith tradition. The scripture tells us very clearly that he's doing the burial custom according to the Jewish custom. Yet Nicodemus knows that what he is is doing will make him unclean. What he is doing will separate him from his power and privilege. What he is doing will exclude him. He will be subject to judgment. And yet, what he now does is so utterly public and visible. Have you ever tried to carry a hundred pounds of anything? There is no way you're sneaking around with a hundred pounds. And he goes with Joseph, he takes the body down, he anoints it with the aromatic spices, he wraps it in linen, and he lays it in the tomb. If there is ever a time that Nicodemus should go running back to his Pharisee brothers, If there's ever a time he should be taking hold again of the laws and the rules of the Jewish tradition, now is the time because Jesus is dead. The prophet who turned his heart and his faith around has died. The disciples have abandoned him. And all visible evidence is it's over. It's done. You chose the wrong side. Sooner or later for all of us, Good Friday comes. Sooner or later for all of us, a moment in our lives come when society and people and the church and others are telling us that it's over, that it's done. And we have to choose Jesus even when there is no evidence that he is our life. When I was in my 20s in the Air Force, uh, I got stationed in Korea for uh, a year. 
And I got there, and I had 200 crew chiefs working for me, working fighter jets on the flight line, powerful job. I was all caught up in, you know, my authority. I say, go here, and they go there. I say, go here, and they go here. And not more than two weeks after I got there, boy, I met this man, and it was like, it was like Adam seeing Eve. Flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. You are the one who makes my soul sing. And we began all these plans of what the future would look like. And everything was, you know, what more did I need out of life? I had a great job. I had a partner by my side. And we've got the whole future mapped out before us. And then suddenly he died. And I found Good Friday. All of the future that I had thought was laid out before me, all of the perfect and wonderful life was taken from me in a few moments of time. And the question I asked God was not the question of why have you done this to me or what have I done wrong? The question I asked over and over was, how will I live? How do we live when Good Friday finds us? And I realized at that point that we fundamentally have two choices. We can believe in a world that is tragic and random and chaotic and grab everything we can for ourselves when we can, as much as we can. Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow you shall die. Or we can believe in the God of love who is working for our good. And even in Good Friday, when we can't see it, resurrection is just around the bend. Nicodemus had no idea what was going to happen three days later. All he knew was that Jesus was dead. But here's the point. His faith had grown so much that after all those years of trying to draw close to God by the law, his faith in Jesus, his faith in the unseen, leads him into the world, and he becomes Christ in the world. He picks up where Jesus left off. He goes into the face of hatred and violence and brings a word of love. He goes to the place of death and destruction and he believes and shares a word of life. He goes to a place of hopelessness and brings a word of hope. He does what he can in the world that is broken and suffering to point to the truth that around the next bend, God promises resurrection. You see, village people, when our faith grows, it gets to the point where despite the evidence that surrounds us, our faith is in Jesus Christ as the way and the truth and the life. Each of us, all of us, need to ask ourselves, 
What are the laws, the rules, that we've always done it this way, the book of discipline requirements that allow us to protect our own interests in our own ways in the world? And in so doing, who are the people that we judge and exclude? Because the message of faith, the message of Nicodemus, the message of Jesus Christ is that as our faith grows, we will become people of compassion and love and hope. And yes, that we will be the ones, in spite of all the evidence against us to say to all, resurrection is just around the corner. That is the fullness of faith. Amen.